Do, do, it, do, do it as Anne Widdicombe. Anne oh Widdicombe? God. It was a dark, stormy night <laughs> as Louis Theroux <laughs> made a documentary. No. You can't go in my bedroom. That's for ladies only. It's for ladies. Hello and welcome back to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word life, it means forever and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrinking Beverly Hills, you know the one, Doctor Everything will be alright. Instead of asking him how much your time is left, ask him how much of your mind, baby. Because in this life, things are much harder than in the afterworld. In this life, you're on your own. Rest in peace, Prince. We love you. Anyway, let's get on with this. So weird. I went a bit long there, probably. But I, I, I yeah. No, I'm, it's a sad week. Sad week. Yeah, sad week. Death of Prince. Bad. Bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. It was well, a I read that. I read that quote in the paper. It's a heartfelt. Yeah, I think that was the obituary. Heartfelt. <laughs> <Yeah>. Heartfelt. <laughs> Right, okay, so we're going to get straight into this. We have three topics, as usual. Our epic trilogy of podcasts will begin again. We had a week off last week. It's very refreshed. We are awake. We are revitalised. We're ready to go. Uh, and we're going to start with something a bit different this week. It's not your standard topic. Um, so I'm going to let Sean explain what we're going to be doing. Oh, he's on the hotspot. Just on the Today, we're going to be playing... Um, part of my youth. This is um, we're going to be working through a choose your own adventure book. Uh, in particular, it's the Hero Quest choose your own adventure book called The Fellowship of the Four by Dave Morris. Where'd they get that idea from? Circa um, nineteen ninety-two, probably uh, roughly. Who did it first? <laughs> well, Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the choose your own adventures? This is like way after The Fellowship oh, yeah. of Oh, I <laughs> We shall call just it? blow my mind. <laughs> I've never noticed before. <laughs> my God. There's going to be a ring in this, isn't there? What? Or a bang <laughs> or something. Or, yeah. or one of those um, choker necklaces that were big, big in the 90s. Oilers. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> so I've got to um, take on the role of narrator now. Okay. Um, don't be scared, listeners. <laughs> my voice may change. <laughs> It's still him. Yeah. He's just acting. <laughs> <laughs> Your travels have brought the four of you. said we're going to edit this. Morrissey. You said we're going to have to edit this. I'm not I editing only, a thing. I can only do like two, two voices. Me too. I'm stretching my limits in, in this um, podcast. Okay. Your travels have brought the four of you to Noklar, an eldritch country beyond the Blackfire Pass. It was from west of this wild wasteland of fells and fens. In ancient times, the King of the Dead sent his legions against the living. Huh. <laughs> that's Ken Corder! Yeah, I know. I was thinking that's pretty good Gladriel. Oh, at the start Gladriel. Of yes. Yeah. Fortunately, he was defeated by heroes of that bygone era. There are those who say he lies buried at the heart of one of the granite tors that you can see thrusting up from the barren moorland. You turn away from the window, preferring the cheery warmth of the inn to the bleak, moonlit landscape outside. As you sup your ale, however, you cannot help noticing how quiet it is in the taproom. 
None of the locals seem at all curious about you. Even though it must be rare for them to meet more people from more than two miles away. Rather than ask you about your adventures, they just sit in silence, staring morosely into their mugs. So no coward is our narrator. <laughs> it varies. Oh, isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? <laughs> so, yes, the four of us. Yeah. Yeah, four, four, four warriors sit round a table, a barbarian, a dwarf, a wizard, and an elf. They introduce themselves. <clears throat> so, uh, hi, I'm uh, Phil Finnemans, the barbarian. Uh, I'm uh, here to adventure with my bastard sword. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I'm uh, George Lucas, I'm uh, the dwarf. And I'm here just to maybe mess things up a little bit. No, originally were quite good. Hello, I'm Daniel Paul. <laughs> I am a wizard. I can... I'm a wizard, Harry. <laughs> I am a master of the art of conjuring, of magic and mysticism. We're going to get letters. I draw upon the power of the nether regions. <laughs> Behold, before your very eyes, a simple deck of cards. I shuffle them. Take a card. Any card. Not that one. <laughs> Not that one. Try the one sticking out slack. That one. Very good. Now take your card. <laughs> Do not show me your card. Look at your card. Now, with the power of Tepalethi, I will read your mind. I will gaze into your mind and read what is on that card. Can I just have a look? <laughs> okay. Don't show me any more. That was the one and only time. Is your card the four of clubs? Yes. <laughs> Behold, my majesty. <laughs> so I think we know who the star of this is. <laughs> look forward to many more tricks on our adventure. I have more powers up my sleeves. That's magic. Oh, Sean. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Daniel. <laughs> that's going to get confusing as well. Daniel oh. Paul. That's <laughs> yes. Excuse me, it's Daniel Paul. <laughs> nice. Uh, hello, my name's Linda. I'm an elf. And the narrator. Uh, with his uh, distant relation, actually. <laughs> I can only do two voices. <laughs> I'm Linda the Elf. Um, I primarily work in health and safety. I work for a company called Elf and Safety. Your health and safety is our elf in priority. And I'm mainly here on this uh, adventure just to make sure there's no mishaps or any kind of accidents. Just trying to make sure everyone has a good, uh, good time and comes back safe and sound. I have noticed, uh, George Lucas, your beard now... Obviously, you probably didn't know this. It's fine. We'll let it slide this time. Usually, we do require long hair to uh, be held in a net of some kind. It just helps stop uh, getting caught on things, you know, other people tripping up. And it's also for hygiene reasons. But we'll let it slide this time. It's not, not a problem. Don't worry. I, uh, I, I've only got as far as knowing how to lift a box. Mm. Well, when you do lift boxes, you, you must remember to bend your knees. I, I, I don't have money. Imagine the way well, it is. Well, that's true. I might have to you. 
The door bangs open, and entering along with the cold autumn dead leaves comes a tall old man in a shag coat. <laughs> shag. <laughs> he forces the door closed against the rush of the night wind and then crosses the taproom to converse in low whispers with the landlord of some of the elders. From the sighs and grim shakes of the head, you deduce that some very weighty matter is being discussed. Eventually, the tall fellow fetches a cup of mulled ale and brings it over to stand by the fire. He looks chilled to the bone and deeply worried. If you ask him what's going on, turn to four. If you decide to mind your own business, turn to fifteen. Right, so... uh, uh, (laughs) That gentleman in the coat... You want to go talk to him? Uh... Well, I don't know. I don't really want to get involved in personal matters. You know, might be about fanny hair. Do not worry, I can use my powers <laughs> to distract him should any harm come our way. Then I, th- I think we go up to him. I'm really glad Paul's here. <laughs> I mean, Daniel's here. It's Daniel Paul. I don't know why you keep calling me Paul. It's <laughs> alright. So, uh,. <laughs> So uh, let's let yeah page four, <laughs> page fifteen actually. Oh, it's Miss Piggy. <laughs> yeah, oh no, it's better for me. At your invitation, he eases himself onto a stool, 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 <laughs> a stool bef- beside your table and introduces himself as Deus the Glim, a local wise man. In my younger days, I used to sort out messes of trouble hereabouts. He tells you. These days, the old bones creak too much, though. What? Oh, <clears throat> so what's all the commotion about tonight? Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey? Oh, a bad business, and that's the truth, he says solemnly. He gives his cup a lugubrious. What? Lugubrious? Look, and then adds, Have you. Oh, <laughs> have you noticed what a poor, lonely sight an empty ale mug makes? If you decide to buy him another mug of ale, the dwarf must agree, and since it's his money, turn to 26. If not, turn to 37. I mean, I haven't made much money recently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I did. I mean, I suppose I did sell that one thing I did yeah. quite well. Um, <laughs> I heard you made quite a lot of money recently, actually, off of uh, your filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. I've heard you're absolutely loaded. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Buy him. Buy him another ale. I'll buy him another ale. <laughs> the dwarf's bank account is now empty. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to sell another franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, tis true, gentlefolk you are, says Daos as you call the landlord over to fill his cup. The dwarf should cross off one silver piece. After he has taken a thirsty swig, he starts to yell you the tale. It is the... Oh, no. It is the poor milkmaid, <laughs> Peridita, from the village, you see. She has been spirited away, and there is no doubt she'll have been taken to the old manse that lies far out over the moor. It was the home of Grim Dugald, as black-hearted a devil as ever wore a man's face. And since his death, not a soul has been there and come back to tell of it. Now it's the haunt of goblins and dead things. Uh, surely the visitors, uh, sorry, surely the villagers will uh, band together and attempt a rescue, uh, like Andy McNabb? He shakes his head <laughs> and sighs. 
on any other night, perhaps, we might reckon on this handful who are brave enough. But this is Samhain Eve, and the unseen folk go abroad on the moors, and work all manner of wild witchery. No one dares venture out tonight, and in the morning, no doubt, poor Peridotor will be found cold and dead in a ditch. If you resolve to go to the haunted mats and rescue the maid, turn to 49. If you prefer to keep to the safety of the inn, turn to 15. Well, I'm just saying that the Rover 400 is gassed up and ready to go. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm up for rescuing her to have a deal. It'd be nice to have another story to tell. Mm. <laughs> so, I, uh, good. <laughs> I concur. I need someone else to try my devious tricks upon. And this fair maid might make a fantastic magic assistant. <laughs> We're going to get letters, aren't we? We're going to get letters. It's affectionate, I promise. We'll do it! We'll go to the old manse this very night. Your announcement is greeted by the other villagers with the sort of enthusiasm they might give to someone who had just declared themselves to be carrying the Black Death. They stare at you slack-jawed, then hastily set down their mugs and set off home. As each of them passes your table to get his coat from the pegs by the door, he gives you a grave look and crosses himself before scurrying out. Just as you are heading out of the inn, you bump into a peddler who is parking his handcart outside. If you stop to talk to him, turn to 60. If you hurry past and head out to the moors, turn to 12. I mean, I, I quite like peddlers as, <laughs> as folk, uh, but uh, one did try to uh, missell me a, a bag of sprouts on the way to Sprouston. I, I, I think we stop and talk to the peddler. I've got nothing <laughs> funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just this anticipation of the voice. <laughs> He has just arrived at the inn, having dawdled somewhat in setting out this morning from the last village where he was staying. His route brought him over the moors, and he has spent the last few hours travelling in gathering darkness. He has a drawn, pale look about him, like someone who has seen a fearful sight, and is obviously keen to get himself a warm drink. He is reluctant to waste time talking to you, so decides carefully. so decide carefully what you will say to him. If you ask him about what he saw on the moors, turn to 72. If you ask him about the best route to the old manse, turn to 84. If you ask him what he has for sale in his cart, turn to 95. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm getting the uh, distinct impression uh, that uh, uh, not many people around these parts, you know, they obviously like their own, uh, don't uh, want to talk about the manse or the moors. Despite there being a cracking owl sanctuary <laughs> up there, uh, so I'm I'm quite tempted to uh, bypass it and talk to the uh, talk to him about what he's got for sale. Yeah, I mean I quite like either like a lightsaber or a whip or something that we can use to just make the talk go a lot. Oh, fuck nice, just yeah. Just it. Oh whoa! <laughs> Steady on, George. <laughs> um, so what was that on the moors? No, no, no. The manse. One is shit. What's on his, on his cart? cart. None of the above. None of the things. <laughs> <you said. laughs> okay, 95. All right, Lou. Um, 
At first he is reluctant to waste time talking to you, but then he says... Oh, God, someone else make up a voice. Okay. Um, um, Ah, well, have a look here and see what suits you. He whisks off the canvas of his cart to display a jumble of items. Most are junk. Sorting through, you find some objects that might come in handy. A length of rope costs five silver pieces. An oak staff costs eight silver pieces. A jar, this is like the generation game. A jar <laughs> of healing salve costs 14 silver pieces. A sprig of garlic, one silver piece. A cuddly toy. <laughs> a silver dagger costs 19 silver pieces. Can rip off. A phial of holy water costs seven silver pieces. Um, the healing salve can be used to restore one lost body point. There is enough in the jar for three uses. The dwarf should decide what you are buying, if anything, and cross off the appropriate sum. Then, as the peddler goes to spend his money in the inn, you head out over the barren moor. So do we want to buy any of those things? Oh, that's quite a list, isn't it? How much money has the... We have... Um, no, you would know that. Oh, 19. How much money have you got, uh, George? Uh, <coughs> more than I deserve, probably. <laughs> um, maybe... I, I mean, let me tell you, I can, <laughs> by the power of topology, I can see that you have 19 silver coins in your pocket. Check! You don't need to actually check. I... That's, that's correct. I have 19. That's, that's, that's magic. That's magic! <laughs> I, I think we should use a rope. Because in these situations, a rope is always useful. And uh, for some reason, I'm getting a sort of a premonition that maybe some uh, sprig of garlic might come mm. in handy. Mm. Or some holy water. Mm. Holy water came in handy against the Nazis. Well, there's no need for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what are we saying? A rope. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yes. Do you want the rope and the garlic? I think rope and garlic. Yeah. Um, okay. And some fanny hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any high visibility jerkins? <laughs> it's very dark down in the moors, and I'm just a bit worried about uh, visibility. No. All right. Just just the rope and the um, and the garlic then was it? Yeah. We'll save the rest of the money. I'm having real difficulty reconciling why we bought this person with us. <laughs> You say that now, but <laughs> you'll be very thankful at the end of this journey when you come back safe and sound. Thankful? We're driving a Rover 400. <laughs> We're about as safe as we could ever be. We don't need any high visibility jerkins. <laughs> you, you burk. So we'll leave my 50s muscle car at home then. <laughs> Bye, British. <clears throat> you make your way out, out across the moors. The moon shows as a white gleam behind heavy shutters of cloud. Looking ahead, you can see three possible routes. One is a stone lichway that passes by a number of ancient burial mounds. The second, used by carts heading to and from the market, leads over the moors to the town of Ithrian. It skirts a ruined castle which many believe is haunted. Alternatively, you could take the path that winds through the misty hollows. If you take the Lichway, turn to 23. <laughs> if you prefer to try the cart track, turn to 34. If you plump for the path that 
through the hollows, turn to 45. I'm always going to go for the car track. The car track? Yeah. Oh, it makes sense with the Rover 400, yeah. It'll be fine down there. Yeah. Um, it might be quite dangerous to walk along a cart track. Um, oh, cart track. Carts will be passing, and I'm, I will insist that we walk single file, uh, and preferably on the side of the road. If, if that's okay, then, then I'm happy to go down the cart track. I'm beginning to think the best course of action is to just go with it. <clears throat> Just go with what? Uh, the, the, the health and safety crazy person that we brought with us. Yeah, Lucy shuts her up, I suppose. <laughs> shuts her up. Uh, that's quite racist. <laughs> I am a male. Yeah. Oh. 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 Um, <laughs> I just named like Linda. That's how it was. It's a very masculine name in elf society. Oh, sorry. Um, then I, uh, I apologise. I mm. refuse. That, that, that was quite was right. I let it slide this time. Very offensive. I knew it. It's, it's a health and safety gone mad. <laughs> and obviously you're from human resources as well. <laughs> the track meanders beside a low stone wall choked with vines. It takes you past tangled meadows and under the looming shape of the local gibbet. <laughs> you are thankful for the thick clouds that hide the moon, sparing you from more than a glimpse of the gibbet's mouldering occupants. What is a gibbet, seriously? A gibbet. Oh, a gibbet. What's a gibbet? Uh, it's um, what they used to hang. Uh, it's what they used to hang uh, highwaymen in, and sometimes they would uh, okay. disembowel them as well. They were like a, like a cage, <laughs> a big cage, something you know larger than an owl. Sparing you more than a glimpse of the giant cage. I say cage, I mean rigid stays. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sooner have you thought this than a moonbeam shines starkly through a rent in the cloud. You catch a momentary gleam of a ravaged face, its lips eaten down to the ghostly white grin, and hurry past with a shudder. Ugh. Eventually you catch sight of the castle atop the rise of the hill, a jagged shadow against the grey light of the moon, a sound comes down to you on the wind. Could it be the clash of steel, faintly ringing from inside the ruined keep? I'll do the noise. (laughs) (laughs) It was a clash of steel, faintly ringing down from the inside of the ruined keep. (laughs) <laughs> echoed, echoed off the walls. <laughs> so, so <laughs> if if you go up to the castle to investigate, turn to eighty-two. If you pass by incuriously, turn to sixty-nine. The um, clash of steel sounds an awful lot like a cow. <laughs> it's sonic oscillations in the air. Clearly, George. I should know that. I, I put a lot of time and effort into sound. <laughs> when I'm working on the film that, that I'm I did famous well. for, that I did well, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Which well, you hardly did well, George. I mean, you you, you made a film. It was a good idea. It had lightsabers and uh, Jedi's, and uh, and then there were another five great films. It was saved in editing, George. <laughs> I don't like your tone. <laughs> well, I don't like your tone. So you in Strasbourg. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So what are we going to do? I think we go and investigate. Mm. I've got some. I've got an adventurous spirit. Let's do it. <laughs> I think uh, Daniel Paul should, should talk a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. You 
make your way up to the hill and to the castle, passing between the shattered pile of stones that was once a gate tower. You emerge into the courtyard. Glass and clumps of heather poke up between the cracked, cracked and tiled flagstones. The walls have tumbled in, and the proud towers have become craggy stacks. Bathed <laughs> as it is in cloud-fretted moonlight, the scene strikes you as melancholy and dreamlike. The lineaments of ancient glory... The unmistakable ring of swordplay startles you out of this reverie. A sudden motion catches your eyes. You turn to see two knights in the middle of the courtyard, (coughs) smiting at one another with heavy two-handed swords. Both wear armour of very old style. One has a pale trim on his ebon cuirass and wears a light cloak. The other is dressed in a black tabard over a coat of silvery mail. Their faces cannot be seen because of the beast-like visors on their helmets. If you wish to step forward and interrupt their dispute, turn to 93. If you quietly return to the path and continue on your way, turn to 69. I must say it looks very dangerous, them swinging those swords about. I would quite like to go and just have a quick word. Well, I think we've got to uh, take a a step back here. Uh, In fact, uh, I would have probably prefer to have started this with a more dramatic whoa that's French for uh, stop a horse and uh, <clears throat> I think we should evaluate this I mean we've got no we've got no beef with these two so uh, I say I say let's go let's just get out I don't, I don't understand what a sword is <laughs> is that like a crap lightsaber <laughs> for the love of God George um, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what do we want to do? Hmm. I want to go. I vote for go. Well, I suppose we could let it slide this one time, seeing as they, you know, they don't really. Whoa! Know. I'm not the leader. I'm done. <laughs> I thought this was a democracy. <laughs> what, what do you think, Daniel? Um, I don't really mind as long as we get to this fair maiden. Actually, yes, I'd quite like to just get on and see this fair maiden as soon as possible. Let's let's let them get on with their dispute then. Okay. Uh, I get the feeling this is going to bite us in the arse. Mm. <clears throat> at last you arrive at the deserted manse of the infamous Grimdegald. It seems you have already had a harrowing a night as any you can remember just in crossing the bleak moors. But your perils are far from over yet. You look at the darkened manse with its high gables, gaping window sockets and shroud of ivy. And the feeling of the foreboding makes you shudder to the core. Still, you will not make things any better by hanging out here. You may as well get things over with, if only you knew what the things in question were. I sense a great darkness in there. (laughs) Cautiously, you advance along the path until you reach the edge of a wide trench that surrounds the manse like a moat. There is no water in it, but the dim moonlight brims in it with shadows. There is a kind of bridge spanning this moat. It is not like any bridge you ever saw before, however, since it is made up of thick black, thick square tiles of pale marble which hover magically in the air. That's me doing that! <laughs> without support. The tiles are about two paces on the side and are close enough for you to easily jump between them. You notice that they are furry with green, with grey mould that also hangs raggedly down towards the moat. Ugh. If you cross by the means of the hovering tiles, turn to 73. If you descend the dry moat, turn to 85. Daniel, we need to know, 
Can we trust this bridge? Of course, it's no trick. This is my incredible ta- powers of uh, telekinesis. <laughs> I love the way that you jumped in with that. That's me doing that. that is... <laughs> I am holding these tile drops of the power of my mind. Do we not I, have faith? I get the sincere impression that they're um, that they're actually alive. That they're not. They're not rock. But they're not rock. They do look to be particularly furry. I'm going to go to Lindo. Lindo. What are we looking at in a health and safety standpoint here? I mean, are they too slippery to cross? Um, I would really like a word with whoever owns this manse because there, I see absolutely no banisters. Um, there's no disabled access at all to this manse. No wet floor sign either. No, very true. They, you know, the tiles look in the right state. I do not think this is very safe and I don't think we should be crossing via the tiles. Okay, so oh, that's very very informed. Yeah, what do yeah. we do then? No, seriously, what do we do? <laughs> <clears throat> I personally uh, think. <laughs> Come on, cross the bridge, you bastards! <laughs> <laughs> that's well. I'm, I'm with. Well, I'm going. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm so, behind you, 100, percent Paul. Daniel 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 Pauls. I'm always up for an adventure. If we do do this, then we must remain single file, uh, tether each other to each other, so that um... I've got an idea. <laughs> Let's. We bought a rope. Let's use the rope. Let's tie ourselves together. Okay. So we're safe. <laughs> Good. That's not an option, is it? We can go with it. Let's do it. Walking on the bridge is more difficult than you had expected. This is because of the uneven coating of the fungus and the fact that you have some of the tiles, or that some of the tiles are tilted at a slight angle. If you have a length of rope, then you can rope yourselves together, fuck me, and cross (laughs) without much danger. (laughs) If not, then you might prefer to climb down into the moat and get into the mouth that way instead. Jacka Nakanori, let's get the ropes tied together. You arrive safely at the porch. <laughs> a stout iron-bound door blocks your way, with thorn bushes growing up all over it. The hinges have been rusted only slightly through the long years of neglect, and it does not seem you would have much chance of breaking in. A glance along the walls offers no hope of entry though, through the windows either, though the lights have fallen in. The stone bars are set too closely for anyone to squeeze through. With its moat and strong defences, the place could have been built to withstand a siege. Being a favourite siege? Uh, Phil? Hmm? Do you have a favourite siege? Uh, I'd have to say probably the siege of uh, Stalingrad. Hmm. Good choice. Being a frontier manor house, you realise it probably was built to withstand a siege. (laughs) With no way of getting inside, your adventure ends before it has hardly begun. What? Oh. Or is there a way? Oh. Experienced adventurers ought to be able to think of something. But don't hold your breath waiting for a clue. If you really can't think of anything better, then you can return across the bridge and clamber down into the moat. Well... This may surprise you, but I have a trick up my sleeve. <laughs> Before your very eyes, I will pass through this uh, rock 
and open the door from the inside. Maybe. Hang on. Is that one of the options then? I don't, it's not, but I'm guessing because I've got a I've got a parsley rock thing. I've got to go to the beginning though where the spells are. I'm sorry, who's got a spell? Yeah, fucking call it. I, Daniel Paul, <laughs> the wizard. <laughs> Behold! Ten to seventeen, right, okay. <laughs> Using the spell, the wizard slips. Using the spell, Daniel Paul slips through the wall <laughs> and unbars the door so that the other adventurers can enter. Kiss my face. <laughs> Come in and behold my magical <clears throat> prowess. Turn to six. <laughs> God, they really make you work for this, don't they? Yeah. You step into the dilapidated entrance hall. Your first impression is of its cobwebs and dust. The second impression is less favourable. Rats startle by your arrival, emit frantic squeaks and go scuttling half-glimpsed into the darkness. Oh, oh God! You gaze up at the long sweep of stairs under the grime of ages. A a succession of nefarious faces glow from portraits on the walls. Each looks more depraved than the last one until finally your eyes come to rest on what must be the likeness of Grimdugald himself. You cannot even begin to imagine what a twisted desire and rank indulgences could have formed in these gross features. The hot jowls. The obscene smile and the stare brimming with cruel delight. If the devil wore a human face, that would be it. <laughs> you, tear, you tear your gaze away despite a horrified fascination. <laughs> Off to one side, below the stairs, steps lead down to the cellar. At the back of the hall is an archway. On the lintel over this is displayed Dugal's coat of arms, a raised fist <clears throat> in scarlet bearing a flail and an ebon field. If you go up the stairs, turn to 39. If you go through the archway, turn to 51. If you descend to the cellar, turn to 62. I have serious reservations about the cellar. I want to go see that picture of that guy that looks a bit like Piers Morgan at the top. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Daniels, Lindor, anything to add? Um, I would say, what was the one you said again, George? I, I went <clears> up the stairs. Up the stairs. Well, I do see a handrail, so I think it should be safe enough to go up the stairs. You've done a full survey? Well, just a quick check and I'll, I'll keep an eye out as we're going up. Perhaps I should go first and just survey. I like that idea. This elf is in control. <laughs> I feel safer already. <laughs> Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> Onwards and upwards! <laughs> Brushing aside the heavy drapes of cobweb, you give Dugan's portrait a wry glance as you tread slowly past it up the stairs. It looks just like Piers Morgan. <laughs> Each step gives you an ominous creak as you advance, however, and it is soon obvious that the wood is quite rotten. This is no good at all. No, that's the wrong voice. (laughs) That's staying in. Says Lindar. (laughs) In the style of Daniel Paul's. Exploration of the upper floors would be too dangerous. 
you would most likely be killed by collapsing floor if some unspeakable ghoul didn't jump on out on you first. Gingerly retracing your steps, you again find your gaze drawn to the sinister portrait. If for any reason you want to take it down from the wall and carry it with you, down to 74. <laughs> Otherwise, if you have not already done so, you can now go through the arch at the back of the hall. I, uh, or investigate <clears throat> the cellars. I th- we, we nearly died there. I think Lindar is not doing his job properly. <laughs> he should have seen that coming. Now yeah. I'm feeling a pervading sense of dread. <laughs> um, I also don't know why the book would... Uh, I mean, the adventure would give us the option to take the portrait down. Um, I mean, after all, we're not in Bono's mansion uh, right now. <laughs> I think that's quite a beautiful portrait. I think we should take it with us. <laughs> Are you going to try and sell it at the covered market, Daniel? No, of course not. Nice thing I can hang it in my ranch. <laughs> Very well, we shall take the portrait down and take it with us. I have a feeling we're going to die. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, if we do, then I will show you my next magic trick. The magic of editing. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing away the coating of dust, you hold the painting up and pause to reflect on what it would fetch at an auction. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what this would fetch on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) Screams of disgust, most probably. If you really are bent on keeping this grotesque memento, remember to record it on somebody's character sheet. Assuming you have not already done so, you can now go over to the archway at the back of the hall, down to 51, or else look down in the cellars, down to 62. All right. Um, <clears throat> go on then, George, you can carry the portrait. Oh, awesome. I've got nothing else to say. I mean, he's... You know, Daniel's the one that's going to profit from this. You, 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 Well, I think I think we split... Mm. But I need proceeds. to keep my hands free for conjuring. <laughs> I think, I think we uh, split the proceeds you know, four ways. Well, three ways, if we can get rid of <coughs> the off. <laughs> um, what, you mean health and safety man? Yeah, the one that nearly got us killed. <laughs> on, the, uh, on the stairs. Yeah. On the stairs, Sonia. <laughs> Should have seen that coming. My, my vote is the arch. Okay. I, I'll go with that. You proceed over the arch, cobwebs heavy with an accumulation of dust hang across it like a mouldy fabric. Grimacing in distaste, you brush them aside and hold your breath while the dust subsides. Beyond the arch, you can now see a room which may have once been a study. There is a desk covered with yellow scraps of parchment, on top of which rests a quill pen. You also see several books. On the wall behind the desk hangs a dark oval mirror in, tar- in a tarnished frame. If you go over to look at the desk, it turns 86. If you go over a closer look at the mirror, it turns 97. If you have not yet gone upstairs and wish to do so, we've done that. If you want to descend into the cellars, it turns 62. Right, I'd like to go to the desk. Maybe there's a script I can steal. <laughs> okay. And uh, maybe afterwards I could check the side parting in my hair hasn't fallen out. Maybe there's some uh, booze. Mm. Oh. Mm. oh, are you trying to seduce me, Mr. Lucas? <laughs> no, I should go to the desk. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs>
It strikes you as odd that the books and papers scattered here are not coated in the same thick layer of grime that shrouds everything else in the house. Then you notice (laughs) a glistening black stain on the end of the quill, and touching it, you find it is wet. You hold your fingers up. Could the wetness be dark red ink, or something else? In the poor light, it is impossible to say for sure. Uh, If the wizard is here, turn to 109. If not... You can now examine the mirror. Well, or descend the stairs. Daniel. Daniel. We are here. Oh, if the wizard is here, turn to 109. I see. Yeah. Let me take a look at that. (laughs) You take a bottle of ink and or and or a sheet of blank parchment (laughs) from among the items on the desk. Should you wish. Remember to note. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. You can take a bottle of ink and or a sheet of blank parchment from among the items on the desk, should you wish. Remember to note them on your character sheet if you do. Do we want a bottle of ink? Uh, I don't know who's got the pocket room for this. I mean, I, I could write my next um, masterpiece. All this miscellaneous. Yeah. Um, I do have a slight amount of room in my uh, knapsack <laughs> that I could possibly place um, a bottle of ink and paper in. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose we might as well, and we can always just throw them away if we need be in a proper manner, in the correct, in the appropriate bins. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The ability to read and write is not common in your medieval world. Neither are Rover Four Hundreds, but naturally, the wizard is literate and soon deciphers the faded inscriptions on the books. One thick tome describes itself as the Journal of Dugald of Knocklaw. <coughs> That's the Journal of Dugald of Nutclaw. You open it at, at the start are entries dating, dating back many decades, and you can hardly bear to read them because the detailed acts of shuddering depravity. This reminds me of uh, Samuel Pepys's diary. <laughs> <coughs> then, at a point about 30 years ago... What? <laughs> then, at a point about 30 years ago, a bizarre change comes over, comes over the entries... The writing from here on is written back to front, as though seen in a mirror, and the ink is rusty red-brown. Then you remember, 30 years ago was when Grimdugald died. <clears throat> if we carry the book over to the mirror, turn to 120. If you are finished, we can go down cellar. I am <coughs> definitely <coughs> up for the mirror. Mm. All over that. The later entries are at intervals of one year apart, always dated this night, Samhain Eve, when the spirits of the dead are said to walk the earth. The last reads... <coughs> Someone do a creepy voice. Oh. Awoke early and watched the daylight drain out of the carcass of the sky. Darkness and cold surround me still. Before cockcrow, I must find another with richful veins and the succulent bloom of life. <coughs> Another little flower to press dry for my collection. Another fruiting body to save you. Save her. <laughs> this doesn't seem as bad as some of the entries, you think. At least Grim Dugald is developing an interest in horticulture to balance against his less wholesome obsessions. But wait! Something is happening to the mirror! Dun, dun, dun! <clears throat> A face swims out of the depths of the mirror as though rising out of the glaucious murk of a deep pond. 
It has slitted red eyes, short horns, ears that taper to points, and a grin full of fangs and malevolence. It looks just like Piers Morgan. <laughs> it peers at the player in front of the mirror, as if seeing him in a glass, darkly. You get the feeling that it is not very polite. After a moment's thought, it gives a shake of the head, feigning a look of regret that is beliled by its sadistic smile. Uh, and do a what, what yeah. voice or something? What, what the evil <laughs> voice or? Yeah. No luck for you today, my friend. <laughs> it says, waving a <laughs> talon <laughs> finger. <laughs> if you are holding a book up to the mirror, then the wizard is the person affected. What? Okay. This player vanishes into... Oh, okay, there must have been another way to get there. Um, <clears throat> so I'm affected. You what? Turn to 18. Sorry. Daniel, what, what, what's happening? Daniel, no, I always liked you the best. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that hurts. Oh, fuck off, George. <laughs> <laughs> By means of its magic, the mirror demon has either atomized your poor friend or consigned <laughs> him her to a hidden oubliette. You must try to effect a rescue, but how? If you want to try using an item, turn to 29. If you confront the demon and demand your friend's return, turn to 40. If you smash the mirror, turn to 52. I think we demand our friend's return. I say smash the bastard mirror. I don't know whether that's going to help get our friend back. Um, that will involve broken glass, and I think that's probably not a very good idea, Phil, if you I, think about I it. I think we just got the demon and say, Hey, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I even looked up George Lucas's films. He done fuck all except for Star Wars. <laughs> um, and, and occasionally Indiana Jones. But yeah. Okay. So what, who are we going with? Use an item? Have we got any items? Don't really. We... Use oh. the garlic! That's not going to work on a demon, is it? But he's obviously a sort of vampire-esque kind of demon. Mm. Throw the garlic at his bastard face. He's not. I think that'd be a waste. Show him the portrait or something. Show him the portrait. All right. Let's show him the portrait. (laughs) So random. I've just had a premonition that Paul, that Daniel Pauls has given me an idea from beyond the mirror world. Now, welcome to the mirror world. Read my thoughts, Phil. Use the ink. Use the ink. I've decided to use the ink. Let's do it. Uh, no. Don't use the ink. Don't use the ink. I've changed my mind. We're not using the ink. Use the file of war- holy water we definitely bought from the guy at the start. Quick, uh, George, throw it, throw the throw the holy water. <laughs> Get in the row of four hundred and drive back to the peddler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quick, I need some holy water. <laughs> how, how much it costs? I don't care. Okay. Here's your holy water. <laughs> right, back in the row for four hundred, boys. <laughs> 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 Over the fairies paving slabs. <laughs> we left the door open. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel, are you all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you cast the holy water across the face of the mirror. Instantly, there is a horrible shriek from the demon. <laughs> oh fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> and a hissing of fumes as the water corrodes the magic mirror like acid. 
This is followed by a sudden crack and clouded splinters of glass drop out of the frame to break the floor. Oh, look at this mess. It seems the demon has been well and truly exercised. Miraculously, Daniel Pauls appears (laughs) (laughs) from the mirror. That's magic! You didn't think you'd get rid of me that easily, did you? It seems improbable. Oh, and... And kind of against the narrative. I kind of always knew you'd survive, Daniel. What a simple trick. I planned the whole thing. The look on your faces. (laughs) Rickety steps lead down to a cellar whose frowsty dust-filled air almost makes you choke. Uh, 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 oh, almost almost makes me. you choke. Uh, uh, almost. It's very thick down Thank here. Thank you. That, excuse me. I think that's got it, John. You advance between racks of wine bottles whose labels date back over many years. <laughs> many of these are out of date. They should be thrown away. You notice <laughs> one vintage reclining under a thick ga- gathering of grime over a century ago. If you wish to take one of the bottles of wine. Remember to record it on your character sheet. Then I want a bottle of wine. It doesn't seem to hurt to carry things, is what I'm noticing. Well, technically, we haven't actually got any more. Okay, let's. Uh, Lindar, could you carry out a health and safety survey to see if one of us could squeeze a bottle of wine? I mean, I'm not entirely sure how much room a bit of garlic actually takes (laughs) up in my pouch. My Um, big leatherette pouch. Oh, well. The uh, the string back actually increases the purchase on the steering (laughs) wheel. Well, we can tie the rope around um, your midriff, your beautifully sculpted midriff. As long as that's okay with human resources, Linda. I think I could let it slide as long as you're prepared to put up the rope burn, which might be an issue. I'm willing to take that risk for the well, team. Just right. have to fill in the accident book if that happens. <laughs> just want to point out, Harrison Ford never broke his leg on my set. <laughs> 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 Linda, we, we ran a safe set. Mm. Well, for your next film, do consider elf and safety. I, I don't I don't need to make another film. <laughs> I have a pit like Scrooge McDuck. You find a door at the back of the cellar. Beyond lies a sloping passage that seems to lead down into still de- deeper catacombs. The darkness returns your gaze into your gaze. What? The darkness returns your gaze, heavy with foreboding. But it is down there, no doubt, that you will face your destiny. Before entering the ominous passage, however, you glance back along the brine wax. You might never again get a chance to visit such a well-stocked cellar. Perhaps this is, this there is still time to sample just a few goblets of one of the rarer vintages. If you tarry a while to see what the wine is like, turn to 30. If you think you'd better not lose any time, descend the catacombs by turning 41. It feels like we're kind of in a hurry here. Yes, I really don't think we should be drinking on job, guys. No, that's true. Considering the peril that Daniel's just been in, and that we (laughs) lost Daniel, (laughs) I say we go. Go, go, go! Okay. You go go deep down into the earth. Finally, you emerge from the tunnel in a cave so vast that you cannot see the walls or roof at all. My God, it's massive! (laughs) A torch glimmers in a bracket on the wall beside you. If there, are, if there are any mortal players left, i.e. the wizard and the barbarian, then you must take the torch, as otherwise they will be unable to see. You will have to retain it 
while the catacombs, where as long as the barbarian and the wizard survive, the elf and the dwarf have good enough night vision not to need torchlight. This place is pretty big, guy. You can't see it, but it's 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 okay. I knew we should have brought the high visibility jerkins. I did tell you this. Fine, I'll take the torch. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Do be careful. It is hot. <laughs> you reach the edge of this of a subterranean lake, but. The water and your surroundings are so silent and black that you almost seem to be in a void. You see only the white stony key underfoot, the gleam of torchlight on the still water, and a white lacquered rowboat tethered to a bullard on the key. If anyone wants to drink some of the lake water, decide who will do so, and then turn to 65. If you get into the boat and start rowing, turn to 76. Well, I've just cracked open a sunny delight. They're quite big. Uh, so I don't think oh, I'm going to take a sip of this. I'm just going to stick to my Capri Sun. It's okay. Mm. I don't fancy that very much, thank you very much. Hang on, I thought, I, I thought Daniel was a disembodied Jedi ghost now. No, the whole thing was a trick, I told you. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Sorry. You emerged from the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sometimes my tricks are too convincing, <laughs> methinks. I uh, I nominate Lindar to have a drink. Um, I do not think that's a good idea. This water could have been sat in here for ages. We don't know what it is. Um, I think we should just get in the boat and start rowing. Okay, yeah, sure. You're the boss. <clears throat> Whoa, did we decide that? Is Lindar the boss? She's not the boss of me. I'll do my own thing. <laughs> I'm going to make a film about aliens. Look, secretly, human resources are in charge of everything. Yeah. Maybe. Not so secretly. Didn't you want to drink the water, George Lucas? Spielberg didn't want to make Crystal Skulls. I made him make that film. <laughs> I am definitely the boss. Uh, um, yeah, now I'm so ahead. I'm going to drink the lake water. Okay. <laughs> so annoyed. <laughs> Just to spite Linda. <laughs> I hate her. Uh, it's probably been sitting around for quite a while now. Okay. The black water has a strange effect. If you are currently injured, your body score is restored to normal. If you are not injured... Are you injured? No. <clears throat> then you lose one point from your body score. And this is a permanent loss. There is no way to go from here other than to climb in the boat and start blowing... See, I did warn you, George, that Linda probably wouldn't be safe. Linda, we, we don't need to have this conversation right now. I have a GNVQ, I'll have you know. <laughs> whoa, you're, whoa, guys, guys. You're like the Jar Jar Binks of my life, and I like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Look at us, squabbling, bickering. We never used to be like this. <laughs> the oars fall almost without a sound into the opaque waters. You drift out from the quay, surrounded by an eerie hush. You have not been rowing for long when a landing stage comes in sight. This is also of white stone, like the quay you set out from. It is completely surrounded by water. In the middle, you can see a small shrine, like the shrines of pagan times, consisting of a marble dome supported by pillars carved into the shape of human figures. As a tasteless and gruesome embellishment, the figures are depicted bound in shackles. 
and as those being stretched on a rack. You cannot see clearly into the shrine except to tell there is something large resting on the altar stone. If you dock at the landing stage, turn to 99. If you row past in search of the far shore on the lake, turn to 111. <coughs> that sound, dear listener, means we're out of time. But fear not, for next week we shall continue on our adventure and find the tomb of the guy we're after. Goggle-boggle-boggle-boggle. <laughs> 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 See you next week! <laughs>